verse in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 11, 28, that says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Um, and I have been, in my life, in a lot of really rough places, and a lot of really dark places. Um, and I felt, for a long time, like I really needed rest. Um, and I would listen to the worship music, and I would never really feel like it found me where I was, because a lot of worship music is written to be sung by a lot of people in a lot of different places, and so they try to make it as widely applicable as possible. And so if you're going through something really specific and really dark, it's hard to feel that worship music really finds you there. Um, and so I would listen to a lot of this sad music. And what it did for me is that I would hear these other people talking about these dark things in their lives, and I would understand that I wasn't alone. And it would give me peace about that. And it would make me feel like I'm not crazy for being sad, and I'm not crazy for not being good at life sometimes. And so I call myself rest because I want to provide that for other people as well. I want to go out and find people where they are and let them know that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. So um, those are performing the original song that you wrote called Trigger. And uh, it, it's really powerful. And uh, what can you kind of give the pieces of the song? What can they pay attention to as yeah. they're, they're singing this? Is so, that a music terminology? Am I hip? What's the pieces? You But so Trigger is a song um, that's about depression and it's about vulnerability um, because I've been depressed for a lot of my life, and when you are depressed and you've been that way for a long enough time, you get to this point where you don't have the energy to keep pretending that you're okay. Yeah. And so you basically force this choice upon everybody else around you to say, either you're okay with me not being okay, or you can go. And that sounds very harsh, but it's kind of the reality of it. And so you basically are being very vulnerable with these people, and at that point they have the option, I can support you or I can go. And you're, you're in this place where you feel so much like a burden that it's hard to fault anybody for wanting to go. Um, and so this song is about being vulnerable and being sad and just hoping that people will stick around. That's amazing. And so I, I just really appreciate this, and this is part of why we have this series, Music of Jesus, because we want, want to declare that like it is okay to not be okay, and it sometimes is okay to be okay. There's emotions in this human experience, and, and sometimes music just helps us articulate things that we can't do in conversations, or we don't know how to express other than with a simple lyric with a great melody. And uh, I just love how vulnerable you're being, and uh, we want to celebrate that we can be humans with emotions, but also declare that Jesus is our foundation. And, I mean, there's a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations, hello? It's all about, it's not just happy, everything's fine no matter what. I mean, the, the largest like, book of the Bible is Psalms, literally means songs. And they're not.
in this room. I, I don't know what's happening. I mean, if I'm like, who runs the world? Like, who do I work? 
worship? Like, God, like, what do I do? And so I'm really, really, really pumped about this. And so we have these questions, like, why do we sing the same phrases over and over again? Why is it so long? Why are we using weird, you know, lyrics? Why, why is it so simple? Like, why, why do we want to not just listen to the, the, the talented people on stage? Why, why do we always ask the congregation or the audience? Why do we always ask the church to sing? things like that, and, and these things are very scriptural, and they impact us in a very practical way. I mean, the power of music is, is amazing when we study it from a scriptural standpoint, when we study it from a scientific or social standpoint. It's just it's just so incredible. And, uh, and so I think it's time for us to understand why we sing and appreciate singing in the church. And uh, here's a warning from Martin Luther, one of the great theologians who... Uh, who started the Lutheran denomination of the church. Here's a warning he has for people who don't appreciate singing. Let this scare you. When man's natural ability is wedded and polished to the extent that it becomes an art, then we do know with great surprise the great and perfect wisdom of God in music, which is, after all, his product and his gift. We marvel when we hear music in which one voice sings a simple melody, while three, four, or five other voices play in trip. Leslie, anybody trip Leslie? Okay, around the voice. <laughs> that sings its simple melody and adorns the simple melody with wonderfully artistic musical effects. Thus reminding us of a heavenly dance where all meet the spirit of friendliness, caress, and embrace. A person who gives us some thought and yet does not regard it, music, as a marvelous creation of God, must be a clodhopper indeed. It does not deserve to be called a human being. He should be permitted to hear nothing but the brain of asses and the grunting of hogs. Martin Luther, everybody. So, that's another way of saying don't that word, okay? Not a swear word. And so he says, if you can't appreciate the people of God saying, like, you should only hear, like, donkeys and cows, like, you don't deserve it because music is so amazing. So a warning. Have you heeded that warning from Martin Luther <laughs> years ago? Alright, and so a couple of things I want to share on why why we sing in churches. Uh, the first thing I just want to share is this. Did you know that God sings? You know, we oftentimes have this image of church and God, and we think God is just so angry and he never smiles and he's not singing, but I, I believe that our, our God created music as a gift, amen, and, and he, he can sing better than all of us, and uh, the scripture I want to read here is Zephaniah 3, 17, it says the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save, he will rejoice over you with gladness, he will quiet you by his love, he will exult over you with loud singing, and uh, I, I want to be like Jesus. I, I want to model my ways, my life after God. Anybody with me? And, and just first and foremost, before I get to like three practical points, I just want to say, hey, if God's doing it, I want to be a part of it. I want to be just like God. God is my hero. Jesus is my hero. If Jesus is singing, I want to join in with it. If, if Jesus is doing something, I want to say, hey, can I be a part of it? And I'm encouraged by this scripture in Zephaniah because it says a couple things. It says, Hey, God is in your midst. God is with us. I find great strength in that. And God will save us. He's a mighty
practical, I just want to say, hey, no matter how you feel about yourself, no matter the insecurities you had, no matter the phrases that go through your mind about self-doubt or self-insult, I want to let you know that God rejoices over you. He likes you just the way you are. In fact, he likes you so much that he rejoices. He sings. Like, sometimes with our kids, we'll just be like, we have a six-week-old baby girl. And we'll be like, no, <laughs> I mean, can we just can't help it. We're over, I mean, she's not good at washing the dishes. She can't do very much. She puts her diapers still. And yet, she doesn't provide for us. She doesn't reimburse us for our hospital bills or anything like that. And yet, we rejoice over her with singing. We love her. God feels the same way about you. And so, like, if this is your first time in church, I want, I want you to realize that God loves you. God rejoices over you. God likes you. Amen? Good. And so, I, I like this scripture. He says, he will quiet me by his love. God, I'm just so scared. I don't know what to do. Shut up! Let me sing over you. I love you. Quiet to his love. God, what am I gonna do? I'm, I'm crushed. I, I, I just, I, I'm struggling here. I love you. Quiet to his love. Maybe we need to do that one to another. Amen. Someone's just really struggling. Hey, And then he exalts over you with loud singing. If God, God's a loud singer, I think we should be loud singers. He, oh man, he quiets you with his loud singing. I love that. I'm going to start doing that more at the home. All right. That's pretty really awesome. All right. And so I, I want to get more into the practicals of why do we sing, what happens to us as a people. And I, I have a lot of scripture. I try to not make this too heady, especially because it's like about music, which can be a little more whimsical. But I want to make sure we have a scriptural, grounded understanding. So I've got a bunch of scriptures I want to share. And some more. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking. So what happens when we're filled with the Spirit? So there's a comma there. So be filled with the Spirit. Um, speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this, this is a message to all the church. Don't get drunk on the line. Be, be drunk on the Spirit. And get so drunk on the Spirit that you just start singing to other, each other with psalms and hymns and songs from your heart as unto the Lord, always giving thanks to God. Amen. In Colossians 3, it says this, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So I love this. It says, let the, the word of Christ richly dwell in you. But how do we, how do we get that word to dwell in us? And it says through, through songs and through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, all, all different varieties of singing, all different varieties of music, which I'm encouraged by because a lot of us like different styles of music, but we can use them to exalt the name of Jesus. It's so beautiful. So even it explains that there's different categories, different varieties of songs, and it says, I, I like this, it says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. 
gotta sing Please love me. Your decisions are poor. Repent. <laughs> like we're, we're, the scripture tells us to correct one another in song. I mean, next time, if you're like seeing someone making a bad decision, you don't have the words to like confront them and correct them. Biblically speaking, you shouldn't even be speaking. You should just sing to them. <laughs> hey, don't date that girl. She's a mess. I don't like the way you bash your wife in public. Maybe that. It's a new era. It's a new era for Phyllis Church. So, so let the word of Christ dwell in you richly on wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. God the Father through Him. And so, this whole idea of singing and music is very scriptural and it matters. And I, I'm not like an expert in music. Like, I, I got a couple bands, you know, whatever, in the past. You know, I played the bass, you know, but drums. It's just, it's not about me, okay? Like, but I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I, I love music. And uh, a lot of these ideas, I, I took from a book called Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. So, and a lot of this is not originating from me. Done a ton of research, but the primary source I've gathered a lot of this material from Bob Coughlin, Worship Matters. If you're interested in the subject, I recommend that you buy that book. It's really, really interesting. And so, the first thing I want to share about why we sing in church is number one, singing helps us remember. Singing helps us to remember more specifically the Word of God in Colossians, where we're commanded, let the Word of Christ richly dwell in your heart. And in order for that word to dwell in our heart, a lot of times it starts with us memorizing concepts, ideas, scriptures in our head. And so singing psalms helps us remember. In fact, when Moses uh, was taking people into the promised land in the Old Testament of the scriptures, uh, God was warning him, hey, the people you're taking into the promised land, once they, they got all their needs met, once they're really comfortable, they're probably going to forget all that I've done for the people of God. So he says in Deuteronomy 31, Moses is commanded by God to write a song. Now therefore, write the song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouth, that the song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. And when the disasters and calamities come upon them, this song will testify against them, because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. So it helps them remember the song. I know what they are disposed to do, even before I bring them into the land I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down the song that day and taught it to the Israelites. So the whole purpose of this song that God taught Moses is so that the people of Israel wouldn't forget all that God had taught them, all that God had helped them experience, all the goodness of God. And so music and lyrics really helps us remember the scriptures, helps us remember who God is. And in a way, music is portable theology. Music is portable theology. Our songs should be written in a way that we lift up Jesus and we don't have like false teachings, but we are based on the word of Christ. Like it says in Colossians, with the word of Christ, richly dwell in your hearts. And songs are a great tool to help us remember. To illustrate this, I want to ask my Jonathan wife, Pastor Amrita, to join me on stage. And uh, she has memorized great amounts of information through the power of song. And science would back us up that song.
This is a, 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 a song she has memorized to remember all the states of the United States. Yeah. Um, yeah, what is this microphone? Does anybody know where ICA is? Hello. Um, so, I mean, do you know this song? I learned it in fifth grade. Um, it is the state's song. It is all the states in the United States, and it is not only in a song form, but it is also in alphabetical order of people, okay? So while I'm proud of this, I'm also incredibly embarrassed that he's making me do this, okay? So you know this song, please sing it with me, we're gonna go kind of fast. So when we get to Washington, I need to hear you guys, you know, yell, sing for Washington. Okay, you wanna do this? Okay, let's do this fast. Okay, ready, here we go. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, <laughs> Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Vermont, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and that's all I remember. <laughs> that's it, I'm done. Awesome, awesome. Well done. So, she remember those states because of the songs. Like, we all know the states. We're not surprised if, I, if I'm like, hey, I went to the state of Texas. You're like, whoa, there is a Texas. We know the state. But we, it would be hard for us to recite them without the song. And I, I noticed that you were filming that. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that state existed. Thanks for filming that. He's like, I have to study it. And so uh, it, just, it just helps us let the word of Christ richly dwell in us. So I think it's important for us to have songs that have theology that lift up the name of Jesus because it gets in our head. We get songs stuck in our head. It helps us remember things about the character and nature of God. When we're going through a hard time, sometimes a, a lyric that lifts up the name of Jesus will be lifted up, or maybe we're singing a scripture and that will come to us and help us get through something or navigate or help us understand how we ought to live. And this question, if music moves us, we have to ask, where is it moving us? You know, there's this uh, old, old phrase that a lot of high liturgical churches, like, uh, you know, kind of fancy old school churches, some of us would call it. But there's this phrase that says this, lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi, which means basically, as we worship, so we believe. Or there's another phrase for as we sing, so we believe, but as we worship, so we believe, and then so we live. So a lot of our songs. 
this out there. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like the most triumphant scene, like, ever, and without music, it doesn't feel right, amen? Like, it's kind of awkward, but I love it, though, when you see like that. <laughs> and so anyways, music helps us feel, and so I believe that in the church, we sing together, and, and we let the music and the lyrics move us in our heart. I mean, when the people of God sing together, it's
looking at each other, we find community by looking at God together. And, and as we're, we're focused on the same thing, we find unity. You know, Andrew, we, Andrew James here, you know, doing it, he leads our production team, our worship team. He says all the time, like, man, I don't feel like there's any community on earth when God's people who are surrendered to Jesus are singing the same lyrics, the same melody, the same rhythm at the same time. And it, it, it's a great unifier. It helps connect us. That's one of the reasons we sing together at church, to find great unity, where we can be part of something bigger than ourselves. And we not only join together in song, we join with all of those who have ever lived, who ever will live. We sing with all the people of God. We sing with the angelic hosts of eternity in heaven. It's beautiful. Revelation 7, talking about eternity and what's going on in the, the heavenly realms. It says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to come from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the land. They're clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. They're shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the land. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. They fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. They sang, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. And this is us, unified people from all sorts of categories in the scripture, for all of eternity, singing as one body, lifting up the name of Jesus. And for those of us who feel disconnected from humanity, disconnected from community, 